Welcome back to the Stock Market Option Trading Podcast. My name is Eric, and in this episode, I'm going to share how I'm building a longer-term position in Amazon, and I am buying Amazon shares. Now, you need to know, this is very important, that I'm not a financial advisor. I'm definitely not advising you to purchase any security. This is not advice at all, and it's, again, not a recommendation to do anything. I'm simply going to share today what I've been doing over the last couple months as I uh, try to build a position in Amazon with the idea that this is going to be a longer term position. So let's put a little context about the current market in here so we kind of understand what we're looking at because we can't just look at a single stock on its own. I'm recording this episode in late October of 2022. We are currently in a bear market with the S&P 500 down about 22% as of this recording. I think the high of the market was put in in uh, January of 2022. And the main reason for the bear market is rising interest rates. And this is happening very quickly due to inflation concerns. Prices are getting out of control. So the Fed has been raising interest rates and the market has been sort of pulling back ever since and it's not quite over yet, right? So at least as of October, right? And keep in mind, I'm trying to uh, make these episodes where if you listen to it later, that's why I keep referring to the, the time frame. But anyway, rising rates are actually even more uh, of a headwind for tech stocks than they are for everyone else. So when I talk about Amazon, Amazon is actually down about 37% and it put in its high in late 2021. So it peaked way before, let's say way, maybe two months before the S&P 500 did. So again, Amazon is down about 37% as of October this year and the S&P 500 is down about 22%. So why Amazon? Why would I want to think about a longer term position in Amazon? Well, Amazon's one of the biggest companies. For me, they have a, um, coming from the IT industry, uh, they have a very big cloud computing AWS footprint. Uh, they obviously have um, Amazon Prime and deliveries and all those things. But ultimately, I think they continue to try to innovate which I think is going to keep them in business for the long term. So I'm just sort of a, a long term, I'm not going to say bull in the sense of, you know, the, it's going to hit new highs and all these things. But I just think Amazon's going to be around a while, which is why I'm starting to accumulate shares and reduce my cost basis, which we'll talk here in a minute. So I saw a stat uh, recently, and I hope I don't screw this up, but um, there was a stat that said something to the effect of when the market is down, 25% or something like that, which we hit 25% at one point, I believe. Um, 10 years later, 95% of the time, the market is higher, right? So this is just a long-term stat um, that basically just tells you that when the market is off 20, 30%, like it is, and you have a, a you know quote unquote good stock, my opinion on Amazon is down 37%, that you know, if you have a longer term view, this might be a good time to start purchasing some shares. Again, a longer term view doesn't mean you should go all in at once, that type of thing. But according to certain, you know, studies that you, you look at for long term, um, from long term perspective, the chances are Amazon's going to be higher than where it is right now in five, 10 years, right? So that's the kind of context I want to put around this and why I'm, I'm so patient at, at um, uh, this type of strategy. 
uh, as opposed to, you know, for those that follow me over my blog, that type of thing, you know, we do a lot of short-term stuff, but this is kind of a different context and we're, we're taking a different approach here with this particular strategy. So the general idea here is to accumulate shares of Amazon on the way down and basically sell covered calls to reduce that cost and also creates income if you'd like to call it that, or you can uh, take that income, if you will, that profit from the covered calls and then buy more shares. So it's a couple things you can do. You can, you can see this a couple ways. And right now um, I'm basically accumulating shares and stuff and selling covered calls. And I want to talk a little bit, a little bit more specifically about when I started that and how it's going and what my plan is kind of going forward. So as you probably know, in order to sell a covered call, uh, on stock, you need to have a hundred shares. So I started this strategy, you know, or this building a position I should call, it. it's not really a strategy, but I started building the position in August. I bought my first hundred shares and then I started selling covered calls against it. And why would I start buying in August? Well, you know, at that point the market was down uh, had gone down even further and we were trading, I'm, I'm looking at um, the S&P 500. At that time, the S&P 500 had dropped to 36.32 and then sort of had, had broken, you know, a potential downtrend. So there was, you know, a little bit of hope that maybe the low was in, this was the June lows. Uh, you know, fast forward to October, we actually made new lows, but they're kind of holding. So we're retesting the June low at, at this time. But when I was looking at Amazon, Amazon had made a new low, but it had popped out of a range. And at the time I bought the first 100 shares, it was trading for about $134, $135. And so I immediately, uh, over the next couple of days and weeks, I started selling a single covered call because you can only sell one per 100 shares. And my typical duration, because I track the market more closely, is I'm looking to sell covered calls that are typically seven to 10 days out. Um, that's about where I'm selling those. And the, the, the delta, if you will, that I'm selling is not fixed. I'm really kind of looking the price action. Um, I might look at support and resistance levels, that type of thing, where if the market starts to, or if Amazon starts to rally, then I might look to sell a covered call about seven to 10 days out at, you know, maybe a previous support level that it may be reaching that type of thing. And then uh, once the covered call starts to make money, if it does start to make money, I usually close that early and uh, we'll try to sell another one again, based off uh, some price action uh, type uh, levels. Now, the other thing I'm keeping in mind are big news events because ultimately when uh, Amazon is not gonna trade on its own, it's typically gonna be correlated, relatively correlated with the S&P 500 because uh, the market does tend to uh, be high, more highly correlated in times like this. You know, you're gonna see a lot of tech stocks, tech stocks go down. So when there are potential catalysts such as large earnings events or Fed announcements, that type of thing, um, then, you know, I look to make sure that I'm, I'm hedged, if you will. I make sure I have a covered call position on. So if the market does turn lower after a Fed announcement, then when my Amazon turns lower, I'm actually uh, reducing my costs or at least making money on the, the covered call as that move happens. So again, I started my position in August of this year and that 
price was about $135 or so, give or take. And then Amazon continued to go lower as uh, did the market when we were retesting the June lows here in October. And it went down all the way to, it got to a low of about 105. So that's another, you know, what 30% drop. So it's, you know, kind of painful. But what I did on that way down was started buying more shares. Now I didn't buy another hundred. I've started buying them in increments of, um, I think I did 25. So as of this recording, I have about 175 shares. I do not have a full 200. And this is actually on purpose. And the reason for this is because I'm still selling calls. I'm still selling a covered call on the first hundred shares. And I'm lowering my cost basis by one, selling the covered calls, but I'm also buying more shares at lower prices. So for example, I'm looking at my purchases here. I bought the first hundred shares, like I said, in August, early August. And then in about mid-September, I bought another 25 and then another 25. And then I bought another 25 in October. So again, my first, actually it was $137 was my first purchase. Let me correct myself. The second uh, 25 share purchase was about 117. I bought 24, uh, 25 shares more, about 113. And then I bought 25 more for about 107. So as of right now, as of this recording, again, this may change. I may have more or less or nothing or in the future. But as of right now, my uh, just from the shares by themselves, my uh, cumulative cost basis is about $127. So when... Uh, I'm looking at Amazon and Amazon's trading for 118. That means just on the shares by themselves, I'm down about, uh, I'm going to loosely call it about 10%. Actually, when I do the math, uh, I'm actually down about uh, 7% just on the shares by themselves. This is without any of the income from the profit from the covered calls. And I want to talk a little bit about how to kind of see this or what it actually is. So because I'm holding the shares and have not closed them, these I'm, I'm looking at unrealized losses when I look at my uh, P&L. So I'm looking at unrealized losses uh, as of this moment of about uh, $1,500. Let's, I'm gonna round it up to $1,500. So in the shares by themselves, I'm just down. So when I look at my brokerage account, I'm down $1,500, right? So what you can't see in the brokerage account, and this is why it's super important to have some sort of uh, tracking system or trade log or whatever, is it's hard to uh, combine your unrealized losses with your realized gains because I have been selling the covered calls for profits. So I have gains in another, um, in another system, if you will. I, you know, I use Wingman Tracker, which I talked about in a previous episode um, for trade tracking and it's really good about tracking longer positions like this where you're selling covered calls so i can kind of see okay what am i what, you know what are my unrealized losses and what are my realized gains and that helps you uh, just understand how you're doing in your position. So that's definitely something i highly recommend check out wingman tracker and there's other systems that track your trades but when you're dealing with um, covered calls in particular and you're owning the shares and you're selling the calls um, and you're, you know, recycling those, rolling those out, uh, you know, Wingman Tracker is one good system that will help you track all of that to know if you're actually making money or not. And it and tracks the commissions and all that stuff too. So let me get back to why 
uh, I didn't just buy another 100 shares, right? And the reason why is because if you are selling a covered call on the first 100 shares and for whatever reason, the market just rips higher, as you know, or maybe you don't know, covered calls cap the gains on your shares. So for example, I think the one I'm in right now, I, I've sold the 125 call and Amazon's trading at about 118, 119. So my call is still out of the money, meaning it's gonna make money as long as Amazon doesn't go above 125. But if Amazon did go above 125, I'm gonna cap my gains. So I'll still receive the credit and the shares will go up. But that first 100 shares, the gains are gonna be capped. But the additional 75 shares I have are not going to be capped. So I'm actually leaving some room to the upside in case uh, the market rips higher and I'm sort of stuck in a position. And I had this happen before where uh, Amazon went higher than I expected and went through my strike. I was able to roll that call out to a farther dated um, time frame. I think I rolled it out one or two weeks and was was able to roll it higher for about the same credit. So basically uh, didn't have to pay for it. And then Amazon came back down. So I was able to adjust that particular covered call and still bring in a profit for the covered call. So I hope that makes sense of why you don't have to have 200 shares to, you know, I mean, you have to have 200 to sell two covered calls, obviously, but, um, but, I, but having an odd number of shares uh, you can still co sell covered calls and you still have some shares that would actually be able to go higher. All right, now let's talk about the realized gains in the covered calls themselves. I'm still in one now, so, but over the last uh, couple months since I started doing this, I've made about 10 covered call trades. There was a 90% win rate. Uh, one of them I did lose on, and I'll talk about how, you know, why I lost on that. Uh, because if it's covered, how could I lose, right? So we'll talk about that. But uh, I made about just over $1,000 in covered calls on that position. So when you combine the two, the unrealized losses on the stock, which I said was about 1,500, it's 14 something. And I made almost 1,100, just over $1,000. So net, net, I'm down in this moment at the time of this recording <laughs> in late October, I'm down on the position uh, about, I'm gonna call it 400 bucks, give or take. So that's not that bad considering we're in a bear market and I'm able to accumulate these shares with the idea that I think these shares are gonna be higher in the long term. So that's really the goal of this strategy is to not only create some, you know, quote unquote income or profits, but also uh, reduce your cost basis in the stock itself. Now, in order to actually reduce your cost basis, you would probably want to reinvest that those profits back into buying the stock, which I'll probably do. I'm going to be looking to purchase more shares. Again, once I get up to 200 shares, I could sell two covered calls or maybe get up to 250 shares and and continue to tell to sell two covered calls and that could, you know, increase the amount that I can make selling covered calls. Now let's talk about the one covered call I actually took a loss in and I'm going, if you give me a second, I'm going to uh, bring this up. It was actually more recently. I had sold a covered call. I'm not gonna go through the strikes and everything. I had sold a covered call for about $123 
And a few days later, I bought it back for about $65 more. I, I took a $65 loss. So why did I take the loss? Why didn't I just hold on to it and get called away? Well, in this case, I don't want to get called away. And I actually want to hang on to those shares. So that's sort of the catch with covered calls. Um, I know I've talked to some people and they have positions that they've been holding forever, you know, Apple or IBM or whatever stock that they're in, usually some something dividend related. And they're afraid to sell covered calls because they're afraid that they're going to get called away and then they won't be able to, um, you know, they'll have to pay taxes on it, you know, or something like that. Or they may have to, uh, they might lose some dividend income. So, you know, for me, you know, it, I'm treating this covered call strategy as very tactical. Um, I am watching the market on a daily basis. I am taking profits when it makes sense. If I get a big move in my favor, I may sell that, I may buy that covered call back for a quick profit and maybe look to reset. So I'm actually doing this in a relatively, you know, I would say tactical way uh, because I do not want to get called away. So in this particular case, the market um, was, in my analysis, looked like it might be able to go higher. I don't have the reasoning why at this point. So I could either fight the $65 loss that I was going to take and try to roll it out or do whatever, or I just take the $65 loss and let Amazon move higher without the covered call and just reestablish the position. So that's what I did. I basically closed the covered call because um, I, I would rather take that small loss and and not have to deal with potentially getting called away as Amazon rallied back up. So again, it's not 100% win rate when you're selling the covered calls. Some people you know, might go with the wheel strategy where you're okay with getting called away and then you just start selling naked puts. I may end up selling naked puts to establish my next 100 shares. I haven't really decided yet. I'm, I think if the market... Uh, rolls over and retests the lows or maybe makes a new low, which, you know, I'm not going to predict that. But if it does do that, maybe selling a naked put when Amazon gets back down to 100, something in the 80s or 90s, if that's possible, maybe that might make sense at that time. So even though I'm, you know, trying to build this position by and, and reduce my cost basis, basis by selling covered calls to get the additional shares, I may end up actually selling naked puts to see if I get a sign. So I haven't really decided yet. I'm going to see how that goes. Uh, but I just wanted to share what I was doing. I hope that makes sense. And again, I'm not an expert on everything. Um, this is just what I'm doing. It makes sense to me. I understand the risk. And, you know, there's obviously some opinions that are with this strategy. And I don't recommend this to you. I think you should do your own homework and maybe you uh, think about this for whatever stock you think is going to be around in the long term. But I hope it helps. I hope it was insightful about what others are doing. And I'll see you in the next episode.